Father, Daddy, Baba, we come to you now and we ask that you will speak to us. We ask that your words will open our eyes to see, open our hearts to feel, open our minds to know the truth and the life of your word. Help me to speak, Holy Spirit, that you would be glorified, that I would decrease, so that it is you, Lord Jesus, who is seen in the sight of your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Communism. Probably weren't expecting that. Communism is a uh, political, social system where everyone is treated equally. Uh, It's a system where every aspect of life is controlled by the government authority so that everyone is treated equally and receives equally and equitably the necessities of daily life, food, housing, education, employment, and even marriage. In the perfect utopian system, in the perfect world, uh, everyone would happily share property uh, and wealth with no one richer, no one poorer. Uh, The problem is that this has never worked. This has never worked. It's it's an ideal. Practical communism hasn't worked in any country and instead it creates problems of poverty, uh, political corruption and social injustice. As we look at this prayer, as we continue to look at what Jesus teaches us to pray, we move to this petition, give us each day our daily bread. And in order to appreciate what Jesus is teaching us here, we should remember and keep in mind what he's already taught us. When we come to God, when we pray to God, we approach God not as some deity or divine being that we need to appease or please, but instead we come to him as Father, Dad, Daddy, Papa. This is someone who is intimate, who is close, who is personal. And he's a good father, a good parent who we can approach with confidence and assurance at any time. He's not far off, unapproachable or unsympathetic to our life. At the same time though, he is God. He is God. He is our father but he's also God. He is the king of kings, the lord of lords, the creator of the universe. He's the sustainer of life. And so we recognize or we should come to recognize that he knows best. And so we pray, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. We want to put God's agenda first because when we do that, we trust that he will look after us. But this isn't some blind trust. But it is a trust that is filled with confidence in a good, good father who loves us. And so we surrender to him because he is a gracious king who seeks the good of his people. And in this trust, we can come to him and ask this very thing, give us each day our daily bread. For some, this prayer request almost seems unnecessary. If not a strange one. Do you need God for food? Do you depend on God for food each day? And if we were to be true and honest, probably not. 
Instead, we complain and grumble about the food we do have. Uh, in the world of MKR and MasterChef, we've become the critics and judge of the food that we eat. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm one of those. We have so much and yet we grumble and complain. And you know what? That's not, that's not new. Uh, if you've got your Bibles there, turn to Exodus 16. Uh, we're not going to read all of it. I'm just gonna, I'll just summarize it for you a bit. But turn there if you've got your Bibles there. Exodus 16. Uh, here we have uh, the story of the Israelites. Uh, they've been freed from slavery in Egypt uh, and they're now on the, on the journey to the promised land. Uh, but, but here's the thing. They've, they've seen God free them from slavery. They've seen God deliver them from the armies of Pharaoh. And they're out in the desert on this journey and they grumble. They complain. Look at verse 3. The Israelites said to them, Moses and Aaron, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Right? They've just been freed from slavery. They've just been delivered by this army that pursued them. They've just seen God act. And now they're crumbling, they're grumbling because of food. How does God respond? Well, if you read the chapter, God responds by giving them manna. This bread from heaven. Now here's the thing. There's something special about this bread. It lasted for a day. It would last for one day. God would give it to them each and every morning and it would last for one day. There was one exception. Uh, the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is God's day of rest. And so on the day before the Sabbath, it would last two days. It was the only exception. But every, the manna would only last one day. And every morning, the Israelites would come out of the camp and they would gather what they needed for that day. Now, here's the thing. You go to the end of the chapter, uh, and it kind of points forward a little bit here. Verse 35. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. This manna that gave, God gave them, he gave them this manna for 40 years. I haven't done the math. I should have done the math. What's 365 by 40 my brain's not working today. That's a lot of days. 1,500, 1,600. Every day for 40 years, God gives them this bread, this manna, and it would only last for a day. And you, you, you're probably thinking, eating the same thing every day for 40 years, that's just ridiculous. And if you're thinking what I was saying to the kids before, you eat bread, you eat rice, you eat potatoes... Every day for 40 years, you'd probably go insane. But see, I think that's kind of the point here. The point is that God provides what we need. God provides what we need. I'm not going to get into it now, but the Israelites complain even after this. 
And God floods them. He floods them, literally floods them with quail and they get sick of it. I don't know about you, but I love quail. But he floods them. Kind of to prove a point and we'll get to that later. But God provides what we need. I, I brought up communism before. Imagine living in a communist nation where you only receive the prescribed rations for that day and the very next day needing to line up again for another day's ration. Or imagine getting paid for work except getting paid what you need for each day. No bank, no bank savings, no nothing, no nothing piling up on the side. You just get what you need for that day. Just imagine that for a moment. I had one of our really, really smart kids ask me a question a little while ago. If God gives us everything we need, smart kid here, if God gives us everything we need, what about people in poverty? Just think about that for a moment. Here we are, Jesus teaching us, Give us each day our daily bread. And this kid comes up and asks, what about those in poverty? How do you respond to that? Jesus says, give us each day our daily bread. We have a good, good Father who provides what we need. How do you respond to that? What does it mean for most of us who live in abundance and plenty? What does that mean? Let me share with you some wisdom from Latin America. Uh, if you're familiar with that part of the world, the realities of the poor and the rich are a lot more real for them than it is for us. The church wrestles with deep poverty, uh, but also wrestles with those who are quite rich and wealthy. And this is a prayer that, uh, that I discovered from there. O God, to those who hunger, give bread. And to those who have bread, give the hunger for justice. To those who hunger, give bread. To those who have bread, give the hunger for justice. I think there's a lot of wisdom there. This prayer echoes what Jesus says in Matthew 25. Uh, if you want to have a look there. Matthew 25 this is what Jesus says. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did you see when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king, Jesus, will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Those of us who are blessed with abundance and plenty should hunger for this justice so that those who are hungry will not hunger. That the thirsty will not thirst. The stranger will not be alone. The homeless without a home the sick without care, and the prisoner without community. I mentioned earlier on when we were talking about this that this prayer 
is a communal prayer. It is a corporate prayer. It is not just a personal, individual prayer. You, you read through it. Give us, not give me, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. In the context of community, some of us will have more than others. We are called to give to them so that they too will have their daily bread. And this is what we see in the early church. You read this in Acts. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This is a prayer not just for you and me, in our personal, individual lives, not just for our families, but it is for our community. It is for our world. Give us each day our daily bread. Any questions at this point? Keep thinking. If you've got questions, interrupt me. There's another aspect to this prayer though and I think it applies more to us here uh, than this first aspect that we've just talked about. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years and part of that reason was because the first generation doubted God and so God said that they wouldn't see the promised land that he was leading them to. But as the second generation comes, Moses teaches them their history and their legacy and he teaches them why God did what he did. In Deuteronomy 8, uh, verse 3, he explains to them why God sent manna. Deuteronomy chapter 8, he uh, explains it. Uh, Chapter 8, verse 3. He humbled you, talking to the Israelites here, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God gave the Israelites manna. Why? Not because they complained, not because they grumbled. Because he wanted to show them that man does not live on bread alone, rice or potatoes. We don't live on food alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And if you're thinking that sounds familiar, it's these words that Jesus quotes when he's tempted in the desert. When Jesus uh, becomes a man and he is about to begin his ministry, his work, the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert where he fasts for 40 days. And if you fast for 40 days, you're hungry. And Satan tempts him, turn this stone to bread. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you've got your Bibles, again, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Again, we'll just read portions of this. We're not going to read the whole thing. Uh, But John chapter 6. Uh, This is the story, this is the moment where Jesus feeds 5,000 men. That's not including women and children. Keep that in mind. 5,000 people plus. And Jesus feeds them. And after this, uh, a crowd searches, not just searches, they pursue Jesus. They're looking for him. 
Why? Well, it tells us in verse 26. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are, not, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. These people are looking for Jesus because they got fed for free, basically. They got free food, and so they started looking for Jesus. Not because he, if you read the story, he takes five loaves of bread and two fish and he feeds over 5,000 people. No, they're not looking for him because of that. They're looking for him because of free food. I imagine most of us would probably be looking for Jesus too if we got free food. But here's the thing. You go down a little bit further, verse 35, and this is what Jesus says after going back and forth with them. This is what he says. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. This bread of life, this Jesus, needs to be consumed each day. Just as we need physical food each day. How many of us come to church and we, we experience God, whether that's through His Word, through fellowship where with, with each other or worship. And we, we walk away, we leave this place encouraged and, and then we wake up on Monday. We wake up depressed about the week that's about to come. How many of you have gone to some event or seminar or conference or rally, a mission trip and you're fired up in your faith and passion for Jesus and then you get back to everyday life and you feel like you've got this spiritual hangover or withdrawal from conference. Or maybe you've just been in church for so long that you're just tired of it all. We need Jesus every single day. And we're not just talking about spending time reading the Bible. We're not just talking about spending time praying and worshipping Jesus. Not even talking about spending time in fellowship with, with Christian brothers and sisters. What I'm talking about is coming to Jesus each and every day through the Holy Spirit that lives within us to look for nourishment and strength for each and every day. That might come through reading the Bible. It might come through time in prayer and worship. It might come through spending time with Christian brothers and sisters. But those things don't dictate how God feeds you. They don't dictate how Jesus nourishes you and strengthens you for each day. On average, we eat three meals a day, probably more if you snack like me to nourish and to strengthen our physical bodies each day. And for some strange reason, we expect that a couple of hours a week in church and some kind of fellowship with our brothers and sisters is going to nourish us spiritually for an entire week. And no matter how great the feast you have on a Sunday, it's not enough. And it's any wonder that the Bible says things like this. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. 
For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. For what have you done? I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. And this is just in Psalms. We just finished our series on 1 Thessalonians. And what does Paul say there? He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We need Jesus every single day. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so we, we, we come to his word, we spend time praying, we spend time worshipping, we spend time fellowshipping, we meditate on Jesus, we we do all of these things. We share his word. We write his word. Do whatever it takes to get Jesus into your mind, your heart and your spirit. Because you can't live life without him. It, it doesn't work. And we're, we're going to be doing a series later on John. But Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus each and every day. Any questions? Keep thinking. And if you've got the guts, come and ask me afterwards. How does this change the way we pray then? We're talking about prayer. We've talked about these things, but we're talking about prayer. How does that change the way we pray? I want to say three things. We pray daily. We pray for our daily needs. And thirdly, we pray dependently. Let me, let me, let's unpack some of those. We need to pray daily. Just as we eat each and every day, we need to pray daily. Now, here's the thing. It's not about how much you eat, provided that you eat regularly. It's not actually about how much you eat. You know, there's health consequences and all sorts of things. But really, as long as you're eating regularly, it's not so much about how much you eat, so long as you just keep eating. So this is the same with prayer. Whether that it's five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, an hour, that's irrelevant. What's important is this habit of prayer. What's more important is just starting your day and coming to Jesus in prayer. We need to pray daily. And if you're not sure how, start with the Lord's Prayer. This is how Jesus teaches us to pray. Start there. There's any resource, there's hundreds of resources. We've, we've got prayer all through Scripture, the book of Psalms particularly. Pray through those. I don't know that there's any sort of life circumstance that you can find that isn't dealt with with the Psalms. Pray through them. There's prayers online, there's books, there's all sorts of things. You want something more formal? Go get the Australian prayer book. Come along to a prayer meeting and learn how to pray. But whatever it is, learn to pray daily. It might just be, God, I need you today. Jesus, I need you to help me today. And that's it. But start there. Start daily. Secondly, pray for what you need. Don't, don't 
I hear time and time again when I ask people for prayer or, or ask how I can be praying for people, oh, there's not much to pray for. I'm like, really? And then I find out something later. I'm like, I didn't think that was important. No, it, there is nothing that is unimportant before God. You have a need, you bring it to God. Pray for what you need. Key word here, need. Not what you want, not what you like, but what you need. And Jesus teaches us to pray for what we need, our daily bread, rice, potatoes, take your pick. What does that look like? Oddly enough, you find wisdom in Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. You find wisdom there. Proverbs actually gives us a good way to pray when it comes to these things. Proverbs 30. Don't have to jump there. I'll just read it to you. Uh, Proverbs 30, uh, verse 8 says this. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. God, give me what I need. Give me my daily bread. And as we've seen, it's not just our physical needs, but our spiritual needs, our emotional needs, our mental needs. Whatever need we have, we bring it to God and God, we ask God, give us what we need. And remember, we're not asking someone that we need to appease or please. This is not a God like any other God. Any other God says, do this for me and then I will give you what you need. No, this God says, come and ask me because I am your heavenly Father. And he lovingly and willingly gives us what we need. And so pray for what you need. But as we we discussed before, many of us, have been given more than we need. And so the question needs to be asked, who around you, who around us is in need? And how can we be the answer to their prayer for their needs? Because as I said before, this is a communal and a corporate prayer. Give us each doubt our daily bread. And so as we learn from our brothers and sisters in Latin America, we pray O God, to those who hunger, give bread. And to those who have bread, give give us the hunger for justice. So we pray for our needs. Our needs. And we look to how we can also answer the prayer of others. And lastly, we pray dependently. When we pray for what we need, This isn't just an exercise in prayer. This is not just something that you sit down and do. This is an exercise of faith. This is an exercise of faith. It is an exercise of trusting in Jesus that he will be true to his promise. And that's, I think, if nothing else, more critical than the first two things that I've said that we understand that the critical point here is that we recognize our need and our dependence on God. Because prayer, no matter how often you do it, no no matter what words you say, prayer is useless if we don't recognize our need and our dependence for Jesus. We can pray as much as we like. And I think part of the reason people don't pray is because we don't recognize our need for God. Going back to that proverb, it actually goes on. It 
says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Verse 9. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. We need to recognize our need and our dependence on God. Because the temptation for those of us who have plenty is to disown and forget God. The temptation for those who do not have what they need is to steal and bring dishonor to the name of God. And so until we recognize our need for God, you won't take the time to pray. It won't happen. However long it might be, it's better that we have one minute of prayer filled with deep dependence on God than a whole hour filled with religious jargon and babbling. Better one minute of deep dependence in prayer than a whole hour of religious babbling. So we pray with dependence. Any questions before we wrap up? That's all right. Try. Hmm. Yeah. So what's stopping us from selling our house and giving everything away to the poor? That's a big question, but it's not at the same time. Nothing. Nothing stops us from doing that. Now keep in mind, we also call to be wise with what we have. Let me, let me paint a picture for you. Let me illustrate this in one way. Let's say you have a house. But it is bigger than what you need. Let's say you know, you're a family of four and you've got six bedrooms. What could you do with that house? You could house a refugee. You could house a whole family of refugees. You could create a space where you take in foster children or provide respite for people who are looking after foster kids or families with... with disability or severe illness. And so the question is not, why don't we just do that? The question is, how do we use what God has given us? Um, On the flip side, and to illustrate this point on the flip side, what happens to a family who is, by the world standards, successful and wealthy and, you know, they've got the house, they've got the cars, and then disaster strikes, they lose the primary income of the family, the wife is left alone with her kids and she's got nothing. Everything just, all their investments crash, everything's just gone. Would it be wise for them to go sell their house and their car? If you talk to someone, probably not. Right, so yes, the simple answer is, well, there's nothing stopping us. But what we do need to think is to be wise with what God has given us. You know, that family could go sell their car. You know, it might be a Mercedes C-Class and, you know, they'll get a, get a nice sum for it. But how long will that keep them? So there, there's things that we need to be mindful of. Um, but at the same time, and I think this is what it comes back to, is 
we need to be dependent on God. And so it's not just a question of, oh, I've got all this stuff, let's go sell it and give it to everyone. It's how does my dependence on God reflect the way that I live? Because when you ask that question, it's no longer about do I have too much, do I have too little, it's what have I got? Because the temptation is that we go, oh, we've got all this stuff and I, I can give it away. Or I can, I can save it for another day. Or we come up with all these excuses. Or we go the other way and we go, oh, we can't be generous until we have this much. We can't be generous until we have these things. No, the point is not what you have. The point is, do you trust God enough that when the opportunity comes that you will give and be generous? Right? Because so long as you're thinking, until I have this, I can't be generous. Or until this happens, I can't do it. As long as you keep thinking that way, you won't be generous because you will keep moving that marker. But so long as you come and center yourself in Jesus and say, I'm going to depend on Jesus for everything that I need, despite the fact that I have plenty, generosity overflows. When you are secure in your dependence in Jesus, you can sell your house, you can sell your car, you can do all of those things, but it comes back to this dependence. And that's the heart of it. The heart of it is, do you depend on God enough that you can do that? Uh, I think the other thing to keep in mind is, we do that together. It is never the individual. We, we need to stop thinking about what can I do as I live my life out for God. It, no, what do we do? This is a discussion that we have together. Yeah, if, if we have half a dozen millionaires, we all sit, you know, I want to sit them down and say, what can we do? Not just go throw your money away. No, let's, let's be wise. Let's be smart about how we do that. And let me tell you this. Part of it will actually be investing that so that there is continued opportunity to give. Right? So we need to think about these things. But maybe, just maybe, God will come and knock on the door and say, I want you to give it all. And then it's happened. But it comes back to this dependence. Do we depend enough on God that whether we have plenty or little, that we can do that? Any other questions? Keep thinking about these things. These are important things for us to think about. Let's wrap up. Communism will never work in the history of, of humankind. Our brokenness and our sin will always undermine the best intentions. History shows us that. However, we can confidently approach the throne of God, the throne of grace, the throne of our Heavenly Father, our Dad, Daddy, Baba. We can approach Him confidently and ask for what we need. And when we do that, we can pray. Give us each day our daily bread, knowing that He not only hears us, but He cares for us. And that he is fully able, as king, to meet that need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
come to you and we ask you to give us what we need. And in this moment, we ask that you give us this need of learning and understanding. To learn and understand what these words mean and how they impact not only the way we pray, but the way that we live. And we pray that you grow in us a dependence and a trust that will never be shaken. And that each day we might come to you and ask, give us each day, give us today our daily bread. Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, and all that's in between, we ask you, give us what we need. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.